Hot Takes, not Hot Takes. This is Everyone is Wrong, a counterintuitive pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Seth Sommerfeld. Thanks for listening. My guest today prefers a rave cave to a bat cave, has watched The Watchmen, and is available to speak on panels about panels. He's taking us in the Wayback Machine today to have a conversation about 1986's two most noted DC comic book achievements. He will be arguing that Frank Miller, Klaus Jensen, and Lynn Varney's The Dark Knight Returns Batman run is actually superior to the more heralded Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons, and John Higgins classic Watchmen. Everyone is wrong, but Jason Baxter isn't. Thanks for coming on again, Jason. Of course, always. Yeah, we're shifting. Uh, we did a couple Spider-Man Marvel episodes, and now it's time. It's about uh, Flashes coming out, the new Flash movie. So we're shifting over to the DC universe. This was not really intentional because we've been meaning to do this one for a while, but it turns out it lines up. So go see Michael Keaton be Batman again. I guess. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We don't know if it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. But hey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 and it is funny you say DC because, like, Watchmen is technically DC, right. but not really. Yeah, we can get which into that. Which we can get into or not, yeah. Either way. So let's get into the backgrounds of The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen. Yes, please. The Dark Knight Returns is a four-issue comic book Batman miniseries written by Frank Miller, illustrated by Miller and Klaus Jensen, with color by Lynn Varley. It was released between February and June of 1986 by DC Comics. The story finds a 55-year-old Bruce Wayne who had retired from being Batman called back into action thanks to the returns of Two-Face and the Joker and the violent street gang known as the Mutants. The story also involves a nearly retired police commissioner, Gordon, a new female Robin in the form of 13-year-old Carrie Kelly, Cold War tensions, and a few of Batman's old Justice League cronies. The Dark Knight Returns is widely considered to be one of the best and most influential Batman stories and comics, but it is not even considered the pinnacle of 1986 comics by most because... dot dot dot. Watchmen is a 12-issue maxi-series written by Alan Moore, illustrated by Dave Gibbons, with color by John Higgins. It was released monthly by DC Comics between September 1986 and October 1987. Set in an alternative United States history where superheroes emerged in the 1940s and 50s, the story takes place in an era where costume vigilantes are outlawed, when the violent patriotic former superhero the comedian is murdered the psychopathic quote-unquote hero rorschach begins to investigate a potential masked hero killer there's also an attempt on the life of adrian veidt aka ozymandias and the one godlike superpowered dr manhattan transports himself into exile on mars through a series of events the history of the superhero team the minutemen is told plus the former Night Owl 2, Dan Dreberg, and Silk Spectre, Lori Jeselvik, spark a romance and redon their masks to uncover a deeply thorny conspiracy plot with world-changing consequences. Together with The Dark Knight Returns, the collected Watchmen helped solidify the idea of graphic novels in the mainstream, but Watchmen's mainstream praise reached another level. 
Watchmen was the only graphic novel to appear on Time's 2005 list of the all-time 100 greatest novels. Not comic books, just straight-up novels. And Entertainment Weekly ranked it as the 13th best novel of the past 25 years in 2008. Watchmen won both the Hugo and Eisner Awards, both The Dark Knight Returns. I'm going to say Rises too, buddy. Both The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen were in Time's 2009 list of the top 10 graphic novels. Despite Alan Moore's wishes, Watchmen was adapted into a live-action film in 2009 directed by Zack Snyder and a sequel TV show on HBO in 2019. Plus, in recent times, there have been prequel and sequel comics. There has only been an animated film adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, though elements of the book's have shown up in many Batman films, probably most notably in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, directed again by Zack Snyder. So Jason, what are your personal experiences with these comics? Sure. Well, Dark Knight Returns I read first uh, when I was a young man, and it scared the shit out of me. (laughs) Fair. Watchmen I didn't read until I was like 15, and I uh, I had like a really gruesome oral surgery, so I was on like a bunch of uh, Vicodin, and I was like, well, maybe now is the time to read Watchmen, and I I I, I thought it was cool, but yeah, more to my point, like they both come out the same year, and yeah, they're both these just like kind of crucible moments for comics right and i don't think we're i should say i don't think we're making we're not here to make the argument that like watchmen sucks <laughs> that's not yes exactly i love the them argument. both right i love them both but one gets way more credit than the other and you're arguing exactly that that's the yes. wrong order i think i think dark Knight returns is the better book right so yeah yeah for me i read Watchmen first just because it was like again like on the time list of the best novels and it's like oh right it's Everyone a comic book you and got, like you I gotta read it yeah, yeah. I have to read yeah. it um so I definitely read that one first but also I have read a bunch of the you know collected Batman books slash graphic novels I tend to that tends to be my favorite probably superhero series like I you know I generally think there's more Batman collections that I find interesting and readable than like probably Marvel as a whole, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, without a doubt. So that's it. It's, it's up there. It's actually not my favorite. I'd like Batman year one a little bit better, which is another Frank Miller one, but uh, that, that is fair. That is fair. It's also really good. Like the goat, but that's like number one with a bullet. So yeah, I, I wouldn't fight you on that. Yeah. But we will now dive into some of the critical response to these. It's a little bit tougher because it's hard to find, as opposed to most episodes, where it's just like, I can go on Rotten Tomatoes and find a million reviews and just read through them and do this. It's harder to find comic book, like in-depth comic book critical coverage from the late 80s, mid to late 80s, that's still online somewhere. So I did not go to the old comic book you know, magazine archives at my library to try and suss this out. So I have a few that are sometimes more in the 
more recent people looking back on them, but I will quote okay. them nonetheless. So yeah, for more contemporary reviews of these books, in Dave Isakoff's 2005 New York Times review of The Absolute Watchmen printing, he wrote, mm. The would-be heroes of Watchmen have staggeringly complex psychological profiles. Beneath his mask, the hard-nosed vigilante Rorschach is not a billionaire Bruce Wayne-like playboy, but a troubled loner with a sociopathic streak. The gadget-dependent night owl is a sexually impotent pushover. Dr. Manhattan, the lone character who genuinely possesses supernatural powers gained from a quantum physics experiment gone horribly wrong, is so close to godhood that he can appreciate human affairs only at a subatomic scale. Quote, a live body and a dead body contain the same number of particles, he observes. Structurally, there is no discernible difference. It's tempting and entirely possible to appreciate Watchmen solely on the microscopic level, to lose oneself in Moore and Gibson's multi-layered narrative techniques, or to unpack their allusions to everything from the Three Penny Opera to the Book of Job to Bob Dylan's Desolation Row. But the story mm. but the story of Watchmen, carefully plotted and decidedly finite, deserves equally close attention. As its acuteness has not dulled with age. What begins as a routine investigation into the death of a retired adventurer becomes a wide-ranging journey that forces each of the principal characters to revisit his inequities as a protector of humanity and ends up with them being compelled to enter into a bargain that keeps mankind safe while utterly compromising any right they have to call themselves heroes. If we imbue our champions with the weaknesses of ordinary mortals, more ass, and confine them into a cosmos where good and evil are subjective notions and right never triumphs over wrong, what's the point in having heroes at all? Nathan Lee of Business Insider proclaimed in 2019, Every art form has one work that is so monumental and profound that it forever defines and changes the medium. For comics, a medium with a surprisingly long history, that work is none other than Watchmen. And he concludes, Watchmen is a work that was envisioned, written, and drawn to be a comic book and nothing else. The work of two uncompromising artists who wanted to test the limits of the medium that they loved. And it's the reason that Although we will see many great works in the future, there will never be a work quite like Watchmen ever again. Um, I take issue with surprisingly long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you know, comics have been person? around. Like, for, I yeah. think I think this was, in fairness, I think this is pulled from a story where it's just like explaining why like Watchmen is the best comic ever. You know, like it was one of those like, right, right, you know, right. very. I'm, I'm just saying yeah. like, yeah, they've been printing comics since the 20s. Like. Yeah. And then, life. Okay. and then switching over to DKR, which is probably mm -hmm. what I'm going to say more often because I don't want to say The Dark Knight Rises instead of The Dark Knight Returns. Too many Dark Knights yeah, are sure. in things. Makes, ma makes sense. Yeah. yeah. In 2006, Vox's Peter Sunderman wrote an article entitled, Frank Miller gave us the best Batman and the worst. 
For the record, the best Batman in the story is Dark Knight Returns, and the worst is Miller's 2011 xenophobic anti-Muslim holy terror, which apparently ends with Batman shooting up and blowing up a mosque, which is not great. It's not actually Batman, but yeah. <laughs> but that, that's the argument of the story. So just, carry, so the, just so yeah. that... I'm gonna to get to the him talking about the best, but since the title is the worst, he it was meant to be Batman, and I can get into Frank Miller's politics, which are yeah. insane. But yeah, go go ahead. So Sunderman stated about The Dark Knight Returns. Miller wasn't the first comic book creator to give Batman a dark sensibility. Some of the earliest incarnations of the character envisioned him as a creature of the shadows, a noir superhero who brought fear into the hearts of criminals on the street. But Miller's Batman was darker and grittier than any that had come before, with a grueling physicality that highlighted the brutality of the story's violence. His Batman was older, with gray in his hair and an aging boxer's cast to his face. In order to emphasize his age, Miller dwelled on the physical pain of fighting crime and how it multiplied the bodily ache of being old. Adding, the grim setting and explicit violence of Miller's The Dark Knight, in contrast, gave the story a social relevance as well as a narrative edge. The comic boasts a sense of genuine risk that simply wasn't and still isn't present in most portrayals of the character, where the good-hearted hero is always guaranteed to make it out alive. But Miller's biggest and most overlooked triumph wasn't the tone of his book. It was the story he told. The Dark Knight Returns is a true classic because it makes an argument about Batman's essential nature and because it does something that traditional superhero comics can almost never do. It brings Batman's story to a fitting close. So, Jason, why is everyone wrong about The Dark Knight Returns versus Watchmen? In a nutshell, The Dark Knight Returns is a masterpiece. So is Watchmen. But Watchmen is more up its own ass. That's a simple way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, The Dark Knight Returns isn't. It's kind of punk. Like... Definitely, both both aesthetically and in terms of the story, it definitely has more of exactly. that edge yeah. to it. Yeah, and it changed the industry. So did Watchmen, but Watchmen, you know, I, I, I just feel like it played it kind of more safe or something. You know, you were citing one of those reviews and they mentioned Bob Dylan and like, yeah, there's all these like corny things at the end of every chapter of Watchmen, every installment that are like quotes from people and like one of them's from Bob Dylan and stuff. And I'm just like, mm, okay. Yeah. You know? So yeah, let's dive into your defense points. And I think the first one has to do with sort of the way these stories about America are told from different perspectives because of their different yes. creators. Right. So, you know, uh, Watchmen, Alan Moore, he's British, obviously, or maybe not obviously, but and 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 famously declines to travel to America. And so, you know, the, the, the vision of America in Watchmen is somehow Nixon has a third term. It just seems kind of like goofy, like. If Alan Moore actually lived in America, like 
he would know that this was not going to be a thing, right? Whereas in in Dark Knight Returns, like, which is coming out during the Reagan presidency, Reagan is a character in the comic, mm-hmm. and they fucking make him look like a goddamn asshole. And I think that rocks. <laughs> That's so subversive for the time. Yeah, I would say I think generally Dark Knight is, you know, Watchmen is sort of maybe subverting like the comic book medium a little bit more, but it's definitely not as much the exactly, social exactly, commentary exactly. of yeah. like the actual time yeah. that it existed. Like Watchmen's like, you know, biggest sort of social commentary is like, you know, the comedian being this like, super patriotic like american like gung-ho murderer who goes over and you know uh kills a bunch of people that they you know enlist dr bedhead in a similar like superman like take out the war except more blatant thing where it's just like ah those americans are always you know doing whatever they want skirting the rules you know so that's yeah yeah and i was i i i will get into that later Yeah, and I think, you know, some of the things about the Dark Knight that, you know, is sort of taps into sort of that more like current American attitude in the 80s. You know, there is a lot more bluntness, like a lot of the there's lots of like things about like medical debt and insurance throughout the Dark Knight where they're like talking about Mm -hmm. things that are actually happening. There's people that call Batman a fascist. There's, you know. A lot of TV stuff, which we will get into, I think, in some other things. But, you know, TV is this running theme throughout it, as opposed to, like, Watchmen's running theme is kind of like a newspaper stand, which is, you know, sort of (laughs) more antiquated, (laughs) less, like, in-the-moment 80s, like, thing to do. Even, like, the talk show host that has the Joker on is, like, clearly David Letterman in The Dark Knight Rises, where it's just, like, you're connecting a lot more to sort of this real world and social commentary that's folding in where it does feel that, you know, genuine Americanness as opposed to like the American observer. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes I have a lot of problems with like the American observer things like three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri doesn't totally work for me as a movie. Cause it just seems like this sure. is not like actually America. This is you European man your version yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, when yeah, you tell a story yeah. about your homeland, it's like, Oh Yeah. You're hitting all the beats on this. You are praying with a very broad brush when you are, you know, uh, doing it about yeah, this in, country you in, don't in live sure in. Rocks, but yeah, maybe don't write about Midwest America. Yeah. So yeah, I think that encompasses that sort of point. So then speaking of the TV and how much sort of the TV runs throughout DKR, One of your points of defense is definitely the way that DKR has a much more radical layout where Watchmen has a much more traditional layout. Yes. This is like my core argument. So Watchmen is very intentionally laid out in a nine panel grid, which is based off of Steve Ditko, who was the co-creator of Spider-Man. And all of his pages, more or less, were that layout. And Watchmen is partly a commentary on on Steve Ditko, 
because the character of Rorschach is based on a character that he had created called The Question. Mm-hmm. The Question was kind of like, he had weird politics and they reflected Steve Ditko's politics. And so, which is one of the, I like the Zack Snyder Watchmen movie, uh, but they do get the character of Rorschach wrong because the character of Rorschach is supposed to be like, you're supposed to be grossed out by him. Yeah, he's not, politics. you don't, not supposed to be like, oh, that's the cool guy that like, he's no, the anti-hero. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Even though he no, like does like, some things where you're like, oh yeah, you're right. And like, you have the correct point or you might like agree with his viewpoint at sometimes you're toward, still like. Towards the end. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, he's like super Ayn Rand, objectivist, asshole. And that's the point of the character. So Yeah. Alan Moore is on his head about this Steve Ditko shit. So that's why Watchmen looks the way it does. Meanwhile, Frank Miller is trying out some fucking brand new shit. 16 panel grid? What? And then like interrupting it with like these huge splash pages. Like he was on another level and like where his head was at is like, you know, MTV just started airing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of that. Like, people are now just sort of the pre-phone, but like, you know, the arguments have been the same over decades. Where it's just like people are addicted to the screen. This is going to like ruin your attention span. This is going to, you know, yeah. mess up your brain yeah. chemistry. And that's sort of what he does. He's like, I'm going to overcrowd the page. A lot of these are just yep. going to be like television, literally like. The the little panel is a television screen that you are watching some mm-hmm. talk show debate Batman or debate yep. Yep. you know what's going on in Gotham City and you know they're just chat shows where there are people yelling at each other and all this and yeah there's a lot more but then he splices it up as you said with sort of these like iconic you know splash pages I think like one of the first ones the big ones comes yeah and, uh, one that's of a my, good one uh, I I have the I have a version of the collected Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, this one is like Batman jumping out of a helicopter with a rifle strapped to him. His logo is like peeled off his like uniform. Just like this huge thing after you've done like all these pages of, you know, TV screens and text and TV screens and text uh-huh, and uh-huh, all that. And uh-huh. then you're like, bam. Or, you know, there's a couple more iconic ones. There's the one where the Batman one has Robin? an arm posed out. Yeah. Robin. I knew you were gonna choose that one. Yeah. That one's it's, it's so good. If you've seen an image from the Dark Knight Returns, it's probably this one where it's just like Batman and the new Robin just jumping through the air and just look like heroic and pretty great. But then there's also things like the the introduction of and we'll get into the spoilers for these, so if you want to read Super, these. Are you gonna yeah, say Superman? The Superman introduction yeah. where he is like standing like a pirate captain on the like fairy <laughs> tale land of butterflies and you know, there's perfect clouds, and that's at contrast to like everything about Gotham is as you said, like gross, punk, muddy, disgusting. And then here's like mm-hmm. this, you know, Superman. And I mean that's part of the I forgot to bring it up in the last point, but that's like the I I would say that's another thing of the like Americana, how sort of the Watchmen 
you know, brings the comedian as the like sign of Americata. And it's just like this, like, you know, terrible person, like this terrible rapist who like is just a mercenary. And meanwhile, DKR does uses kind of Superman in a similar role, but it's like Superman is still the like good schoolboy Superman. He's just being like asked to do things that are like, go work for the government now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's he's Reagan Stooge, but yeah. he's not like he didn't kill JFK, <laughs> you right? Know? And they, yeah. you know, they sort of there's definitely a scenario where Superbad's going to try and stop a Bob, and it's very like moralizing and but like good and sharp in a moralizing sense, where it's just sort of the criticalness of this as he's doing the well, and it's 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 sad when he gets you know nuked basically superman almost dies <laughs> and uh it's like pretty graphic and wild yeah and th- that's part of it also is that it's definitely like it's not that watchmen is it doesn't have like graphic things in it but i feel like it doesn't some of the grittier spots aside from like some of the rorschach stuff i think does a good job of conveying that but like it's not yeah. as omnipresently gritty even though it's like supposed to be run down in new york city too for most of it it's there is that sort of grittiness that the panels do i i do think one of the interesting things that watchmen does sometimes is they'll do the like they'll do like a page stretching panel and then break it up and have like the time pass in between mm-hmm. there where it's like it's sort of one scene but you like see everything the the, the cinematic aspect yes yes there, there's definitely some of that yeah, which I think was part of Moore's intention, you know. And I don't know if you've seen the Watchmen script. I have not. <laughs> it's bonkers. Yeah. It is like one panel will be like 15 paragraphs. It's one way so, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He he was very specific. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and also, you know, the the paneling also, as as we mentioned before, goes back to like, you know, the Watchmen is definitely more traditional in the sense that because it is more of a like meta commentary on comics as well than DKR, mm-hmm. which is just trying to be this sort of, again, it's sort of like, I don't know. I, I think when you put it in those punk terms, it's sort of like, oh, it's a punk record versus like, an acclaimed rock record where you're like, Oh, this is doing all the things that like the acclaimed rock record does. And we, but it doesn't have maybe, you know, Bruce Springsteen's like born in the USA. doesn't exactly have the same edge as like some of the greatest like punk albums of all time. So, and it's not doing anything. It's using the format that already exists to do a very good version of it, as opposed to uh, reinventing it. Watchmen is more formal. And the Dark Knight Returns is more innovative mm-hmm. in terms of its visual language. Mm-hmm. And I will say this: at the time, Frank Miller was sharing a studio with Walter Chaikin, who was writing a series called American Flag with two G's. If you want to look it up, and uh, he was doing a very similar kind of like panel layout thing so Mm -hmm. i think frank was was riffing off that but all that being said you know i think the 
the Watchmen page layout is very staid and intentional, but I find the Dark Knight Returns page layouts to be way more exciting. Mm-hmm. And sort of sticking with that, you know, the art aspect of these books, your third point has to do with sort of the coloring of these two. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, I would caution anyone who reads like a recent printing of Watchmen because they recolored it and it looks like dishwater. But even the old colors are like not good. And one of the crucial aspects of The Dark Knight Returns is it was the first prestige format book, by which I mean there are no advertisements in it. Right. And it was printed on like very high quality paper. And Frank Miller's then wife, Lynn Varley, painted colors for it. And they look awesome. <laughs> like, it, it has a very distinct a, look for those who haven't seen it. It is a lot more almost muted. It's a lot more, it's kind of in a grayer scale of things, generally speaking. Than like the traditional like comic yeah. like Watchmen is very is very much sort of the traditional like big bold colors you know it's it's got some it's not like exactly like a you know a classic golden era Captain America or something um, but it is a lot of like bright vivid colors all the time it has a lot of purple hues and things like that throughout it but the yeah. Again, it's sort of the tone setting where it is like almost it's a stark but grim color palette that DKR has. Yeah, in, until it becomes like super vibrant, mm-hmm. right? Like you were just showing me that Superman panel and it's like, oh, whoa. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they, they sort of use it more as the shock. Like even the Superman almost dying panel is like this bright, like magenta yeah. lightning bolt. Yeah. And the first time like superman's hinted at a lot of it's the superman is the color contrast as you know it gets into the later books the the flag turns yeah the flag i was gonna say the first time they sort of do it it's like reagan you know talking about like you could it's the president you see like the white house and you it's somebody talking to somebody and then you see this american flag waving like super close up and you it gets closer and closer and now it's just like the furls of red and white of the stripes and then that morphs into the superman logo sort of just like transitions and it's so good that's my Uh like most you know that's definitely one of the standout color points and even you know even the iconic batman and robin that's referenced it is like the color in robin is so stark in comparison to batman yes Yes. And there is that sort of, you know, uh, you know, there's symbology in there where it's the youthful vigor, the wide eyed versus the old man who's literally graying. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, just generally, what do you, you know, you are a comics aficionado when you say, you know, like Watchmen doesn't have, you know, good colleague. What, what, what for somebody, you know, who is deep into this medium as some people might, you know, be listening to this that they've like, Oh, they, you know, pick up a comic book now and then, or they maybe only read Watchmen. What are the things that stand out for you, you know, coloring wise and what stands out about DKR's coloring in within those constructs? Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. 
and it also had the four color thing that which was the standard at the time so there the the palette was somewhat limited mm-hmm. which i think is why dave gibbons chose to recolor it but yeah but dark knight rises you know painted colors like it was kind of unprecedented at the time but they dc to their credit like put their money down on frank miller wisely and just said like shit let's go with it yeah and there hadn't been a book like that before mm-hmm. and it, yeah the colors definitely are part of the tone of the book almost as much as some of the you know the written words and as i was saying you know the things that stand out color wise then like really stand out as opposed to you know Watchmen is more like exactly definitely like level across the board and there's some gorgeous gorgeous panels yeah. in there and you know there's some iconic yeah. images and all that but it is like sort of that but even just like when you see the joker's green hair it like pops in comparison to like everything else around him where it's like you could pick oh him out God. you know yeah out of from a helicopter you could find him i i could do a whole spiel on the joker of this in brief Frank Miller kind of reconfigures the idea of the Joker Batman relationship in a way that everyone's going to copy afterwards. Uh, Lynn Varley rocks. Yeah. And also like, if you want to check out her other stuff that she did with Frank, it's all really, really good. What are some of your favorites? Electra lives again. Mm-hmm. Ronan is amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Those would be the the two I, I would put on top. Awesome. And then your fourth point of defense sort of has to do with some of the writing in Watchmen and how it compares to DKR in that it is, you know, misogynistic and pretentious at points. Uh, yes, it is. So to the point of it being misogynistic, I, I think we could point to the character of Silk Spectre. Yeah. Yeah, not great. So for those unfamiliar, there's an original Silk Spectre, and then there's her daughter who also takes on the Silk Spectre mantle. And yes. the way that her daughter came to be was that, uh, and this is a reveal later, so again, spoilers, the comedian raped her mother yeah. and then eventually went on to have a child with him despite that because yep. she like fell in love with her rapist or something. It's very messy and kind of gross. And it's just like, yeah, we forget the past. It doesn't, you know, you got to move on to these past these things. Uh, it very much like poo poos away the uh, rape. Yes. And I don't like that. And uh, yeah, Alan Moore in general has like a weird, I don't know what that guy's deal is, <laughs> frankly. Lots of comic book writers have a weird various things. Oh, you don't world. say. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, like Steve uh, Ditko uh, and some uh, Alan Moore throwing yeah, in here. Yeah, and some... yeah. Ditko, not great. So yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't like the depiction of that character. I find it kind of disgusting. But in terms of the pretension, 
the fucking shit at the end of every issue where it's like a quote. So yeah, the like, what you're talking about is specifically like, like every Dylan single thing will like or, end with like yeah, a like specific little quote as like the final like here's the image and like here's a little quote at the end. And yeah. then there's yeah. some extra back matter. Yeah, yeah, back matter where it's like, oh, here's a newspaper clipping from the time or here's files scattered across the you know, just as like sort of an info various info dumps to fill you in and, on. And stuff. full disclosure, I've never read those back matters. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, some of them are pretty good. Some are a little like, uh, okay. But I was just like, I, I was already so irritated, mm-hmm. you know? As soon as I saw the, like, you know, Bob Dylan lyrics come up, I'm like, no, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I, it's, it just feels like it's up its own ass. And it definitely, Watchmen, you know, I've read that, I think, like four times now or something like that. And, the thing that is most feels most pretentious because I think there's some like absolutely like brilliant like story plotting and like twists and turns that it does. Agreed. Yeah. But what is gets annoying after a while, especially if you're reading it sort of back to back, and it's like a cool narrative trope. They just like lean on it too much. Is like the direct parallelism where they'll be like, "Here's oh my a God, character." This makes me so mad. And it's yeah, like, a, yeah. like a couple times, honestly, it's a thing that works well. And like, you can use it like a time or like in a comic and it'll be like, oh yeah, I see what you're doing. They use it like multiple times in like every book, I think, where it's like this one character one my, where it'll be yeah. like Silk Spectre talking or like Dr. Manhattan giving like a lecture to Silk Spectre about something. And then they're showing while he's doing this. They cut to the images of Night Owl and, you know, Rorschach doing stuff. And it's like, oh, it's like a one to one parallel where it's like it's kind of like he's narrating it because everything's parallel. The wor- the worst part is when they honestly get into the pirate comics and they're just like it's the news oh vendor God. like ranting yeah. about society and then about this pirate who's trying to or this shipwreck sailor who's trying to get back and stop from pirates. And it's just all about like society's decaying like the world is going mad and it's all like or the text of the comic is reflecting what's happening in the no it just like back and forth it so much and it gets very old this is yeah yeah this is one of my biggest problems with Watchmen, and it makes me feel it's very like english major 101 right mm-hmm. like there will be these visual there will be some bullshit where it's like you see a close-up of like a smiley face right like that's one of the big yeah the comedian has a smiley face button that eventually like gets blood on it and yeah it's like the iconic you know cover image a lot yeah exactly and then you'll cut to the surface of mars and for some reason but there is a smiley face in the surface of mars on the dust right like that doesn't make sense, but Alan Moore thought it was cute, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of things like, you know, I, I brought up, like, the news vendor. I'm just giving you an example. Like, the news vendor is talking to the, this the kid who, is like who's, who's yeah. reading this yeah. pirate comic book about, you know, it's like these ghost pirates and he's yeah. stranded. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know, in this one, it's the guy's, like, just surviving and realizing, like, everybody's dead, so it'll be unheeded. I stood in the surf. And wept, unable to bear my circumstances, 
and the news vendor is talking about something else entirely. And then the next thing panel, it's a close up of the guy's face and the news vendor saying he's a survivor in like his conversation, which is also narrating the comic where it's just like, it's so again, if it had been done like once or twice throughout this like thick book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fine. He, 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 it he just, overdoes it, it. It's overdone so much and it just gets annoying. Like, cause it goes on for pages usually. And it's just like, I, I get, <laughs> yes, it does. I get what you're yeah. doing. It's okay. I yeah. got the point. And, and, you know, again, maybe it's, like, it's, okay, it's Alan, worse. All I, think, right, all I think it's worse as down, you Alan. like, yeah, I think it is yeah. in fairness, a thing where like the first time you read it, you're like, Oh, that, this is like kind of novel. You're overdoing it. And then like the fourth time you're reading it, it's like, okay, Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which there You're aren't. Like, Jesus Christ. And since we're doing comparing this to the DKR, there aren't those moments in DKR. There's like a few. I mean, there no. are there there are a few that I talked about, like when they're talking about like when Superbad's diffusing the Bob, where they're like talking about this patriotism and stuff like that. But it is not an omnipresent thing that's hitting you over the head, so that when it is used sparingly, it's effective and like hits and connects. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's kind of the crux of my point is like, yes, they're both great, but Dark Knight Returns is maybe the better statement on, you know, America in the 80s. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. And it also it's Frank Miller doesn't and get out over his statement on Batman. Yeah. And Frank Miller doesn't get out over his skis on it. There's not a lot of points where you're like. This is sort of like getting away from you or like uh, move on to the next thing. Maybe like a couple points when it's just like I would get a little TV heavy box heavy where it's just like, OK, I'd, I'd like to get back to Batman now. Um, but for the mm-hmm. most part, it's less diversions. You know, I mean, again, Watchmen has this like weaving narrative where, you know, even this guy reading these pirate comics comes back in a big way at the end with the monster that's <laughs> right. created and stuff like that, where you're like, Oh, this has a cool payoff. I don't know if I need to spend, you know, an hour over the course of this book, reading this pirate comic, even though it's like a very, I love that it's in there and I love that it's there. It's just like on multiple readings. It then gets a little, you know, bashing you over the head with it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then moving on to your fifth point, I think, which is also sort of a, you know, counterintuitive point, I think, to most people, because, you know, all those people talked about in the reviews, like how this is the most influential thing ever to exist. But I think you would argue that DKR actually has a bigger cultural footprint than Watchmen as a whole. Uh, Yes, I would. And just before I say anything, I will acknowledge that, yes, there was a movie. The Zack Snyder Watchmen. And there was a TV show, and uh, I liked that a lot. Yeah. If you haven't watched the Watchmen HBO show that was a Damien Lindelof, Lindelof, Damien Lindelof program, it is great. It's one of my favorite, like, one-season television in-and-out things. It's outstanding. And, I mean, we were were watching that at the same time, and just episode to episode, we were like, what do you think is going to happen? And- we like were never on like it just kept throwing no. loops and kept curving and change balling and you know like all these things that just like it keeps you on your toes it tells mm-hmm. a watchman story that's very much its own that's like 
you know, within the universe, but not reliant on, you know, it's like it's better. Definitely. If you've read Watchmen and stuff like that, you kind of need that to get the full experience. But it is also not just like we're doing a Watchmen sequel. Yeah, it's one of those things that shouldn't exist. And yet does and is great, it turns out. Right. It's not like, you know, there's lots of things that shouldn't exist, but does. And they're like bad or like, okay. Like, it's just like there should not be a standalone Han Solo movie without Harrison Ford. It could be kind of fun to throw Uh, on. (laughs) You don't say. (laughs) But it is not necessary. Nobody asked for this. So, but the Uh, Watchmen TV show, like, I was definitely, like, very nervous. I'm like, because I'm not as big a fan of the Watchmen movie. And I'm like, oh, do we really need this? And then I heard, like, oh, this is, watch the first episode. And I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. But granting that the Watchmen TV show is good, is great, is wonderful, watch it. Overall, DKR, I think, might have more lasting impacts on both, like, the comic. Even, even in the film world, there's... It's tendrils are throughout kind of a ton of Batman properties and other things, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as, as you said up top, like both come out in 1986 and, uh, comics are changed forever after them. But yeah, I think TDKR has a larger footprint. I mean, the Nolan movies, Christopher Nolan movies, Christopher Nolan Batman movies, I should say, would not be the same if that book hadn't come out. Yeah, there there are, there are certain things that are like obvious to point out, like there's uh, Batman on horseback. The Nolan you know. movies. Yeah. 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 Just like a bunch of iconography that like is sprinkled throughout. Yeah. One of the weirder things that I, I, I've, you know, focused on later in life is like Bruce Wayne going to see the mask of Zorro with his parents mm-hmm. was not a thing before the Dark Knight Returns, nor was yeah. the Pearls. Mm-hmm. So, and those have become like canon. Yeah. There's things like, about this. A- anytime go. you see the Waynes die, you gotta see the pearls go flying, and you mm-hmm. know. And there was also a lot more, you know. As I mentioned, the Batman v Superman movie is essentially, you know, the end of that is a play on the same robotic Batman Superman fight. Yeah, it, it's a riff. It's a yeah. bad riff, but it's a riff. Yeah. Even like the uh, Joker death that happens here definitely like parallels the Joker death in Arkham City, the video game. I would say it definitely like has some correlation because it's a character that's not usually killed off and both of those kill him off. So I have not played Arkham city. Joker dies. Joker dies. Sorry. Spoiler for you. (laughs) Does he die the same way? No, he doesn't die the same way, but it's, it's like the climax of the story is Joker, like straight up dying. Okay. Cause the way the, the Joker dies in Dark Knight Returns is so fucked up. Yeah. Do you want to get into it a little? Sure. Uh, for the listeners, the Joker decides to kill himself by twisting his own neck 
all the way around so that Batman is implicated in his murder. Yeah, it's weird. It is a it is a weird thing, but it is uh, an interesting choice for sure. Yeah. How about in terms of just like the comic medium? Do you feel like that DKR has? Oh, the- for sure. Well, uh, yeah, that's a two-edged sword because like what I will say is like Watchmen to DKR. I think their lasting impact is not good because a lot of people who were young and buying comics and whatnot and then got into the industry around the time of like say you know image they they took the grim and gritty thing and they just went extra with it mm-hmm. and uh uh we, we got a lot of shitty comics out of that <laughs> um things are probably in a better space now but yeah these comics made an impact and it might not have been the one they wanted to make. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So yeah, those are five defense points. Again, we're not saying Watchmen is terrible. We're just saying... Uh, no, Watchmen's great. Watchmen's we love great. Watchmen. But Jason just argues that DKR is both more interesting, pushing boundaries in a different way than that Watchmen seems to get more credit for pushing boundaries and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, overall it's just, you know, you're not going to go wrong reading either of these, but if, you know, everybody's told you to read Watchmen, maybe also pick up uh, TKDR and give it a chance too. Um, So before we get out of here, is there anything you want to hit up in the junk drawer? Assorted thoughts on either books could be sort of anything. Uh, Damon Lindelof, call me. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't think I have any junk drawer thoughts. I will say there's been a, a, a few sequels to Dark Knight Returns. One which is not so good. Which one's that? Dark Knight Strikes Again. But there's a, 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 a more recent run co-written by Brian Azzarello that was pretty good. And, um, well, actually, this gives me a good opportunity to talk about Frank Miller's politics, right? Yeah, go for it. So around the time he's writing uh, Dark Knight Returns, he's like pretty pro in Rand, which sucks. We don't like that. And then when he's writing his sequel to Dark Knight Returns, uh, 9-11 happens like halfway through. Mm-hmm. And he becomes very sort of, I don't want to say pro-Bush, but like very anti-Islam. Right. We kind of mentioned that in the one guy who said it's the worst Batman comic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. Um, so he puts that book out. And then, like, he has a change of heart and he... He he's like he, he was like a pro Hillary guy on Twitter, hmm. which blew my mind. In his third Dark Knight book, the one I was alluding to, yeah, like Trump is like the villain. Hmm. I haven't read it. It's kind of wild, yeah. Which ties into the thing of like 
Dark Knight, right? Like he he's he's gonna skewer these political figures, right? right? For sure. There's one thing that I wanted to point out in the junk drawer, which is like my most annoying thing when I was reading through either of these books, which is a very small detail, mm-hmm. but it's weird because you know all these at the end of each Watchmen book, there's like you know oh here's pages of you know, somebody's manuscript or here's, you know, the original Night Owl's manuscript or here's the case file on Rorschach or, you know, here's all these things. And, you know, most of them are very well done, I think, for this type of thing. If you're like, okay, reading like the dense text and not comics. There's one thing that (laughs) Uh very much upsets me, which is in the Rorschach file, which is, what is that? The end of chapter six they have and I, I will i will show this to jason and see if it gets it but they have a like photo attached it's like you know somebody's file of the history they have this photo attached to it like it's you know uh like paper clip so paper, stupid it's paper clipped on which which would, okay that makes sense like you know you'd have a file you'd have like a photo of the person to know like it's early history the thing that's so stupid and they don't do this in anywhere else all the other ones they like account for this, the text stops at the photo and then continues the next line <laughs> without like wow. going behind. And I was just what? like, wait, how did that's such an easy detail to like not screw up. And it's just like a very fine detail that you would think, you know, Alan Moore with all his exacting, you know, 15 page for a single panel would not screw this up. But it is just like yeah, the sentences real. go and tell the photograph and then start again the next time. And it's just like, no, just like make us miss a few words. It's OK. We'll still figure out the that's gist of it. So we don't. Stupid. Yeah, that's my most annoying thing in either of these books. So that was that was my main junk door thing. But that's <laughs> that's basically that's it. that's a good one. That's, that's a, a very, one. very annoying little detail that they should have caught. But they did not. So, yeah, that is the Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen, a comparison of the two and how one might be better than the other. Before we get out of here, Jason, is there anything you would like to plug any comic book recommendations or things that people should check out, either related to these or otherwise? Or uh, I don't think so. Read The Dark Knight Returns. It's a good-ass book. And what were the other two that you mentioned where they teamed up uh, on the artwork? It was Ronan and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Read Ronan and uh, Electra Lives Again. Okay. So those are some, if you're looking for that Frank Miller coloring combo, that would be a place to check that out. Him and Lynn Varley. So, yeah, I don't really have anything to plug myself, so just follow on socials, keep listening. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead, subscribe. Who cares? I release these very sparingly. And I swear that I will have guests on that aren't Jason, but Jason is the one who has the most ideas. So this is a triple back to back to back. Sorry. Dose of Jason. Sorry, guys. Sorry. You have to deal with him. God, Jason. Anyway, Jason. All right. But I said. Yeah. Uh, thanks. And remember, even if everyone else mocks it, love the stuff you love. 